You got a marvelous vibe, and I know it starts from inside. So fill your heart with pride and let your light shine brightly. Your own hide. You're a work of art, unforgettable and off the charts. Welcome to a podcast dedicated to your mental health. I'm Bailey with the Recording Library of West Texas. Hi, I'm Christy Edwards. I'm the Executive Director and a therapist at Centers for Children and Families. Hi, I'm Melanie Size. I'm the Marketing and Development Director at Centers for Children and Families. Together, we're bringing you tips and tricks on how to navigate this thing called life. This is Center Solutions. Due to the nature of some of the topics that are discussed, listener discretion is advised. Continuing our coverage of COVID-19, we wanted to talk to a certain nonprofit who kind of relies on physical interaction and people getting together to celebrate and have a good time. If you were born and raised in Midland, Texas, or Odessa, Texas, you are very familiar with a certain event that we all look forward to, which involves popcorn and a good time and popcorn that gets in places that you normally would not think popcorn could get. (laughs) And that, of course, is Summer Mummers. So we wanted to invite Tim Jebson with the Midland Community Theater on the show today to tell us about how COVID-19 has affected the theater and see what he's doing about Summer Mummers. Hi, Tim. Uh, thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you and uh, tell you a little bit more about what's happening at the theater. Would you give us a little bit of history about the theater, Tim, to start with? Just let us know all of the great things that you guys are doing uh, when you started. We'd love to hear sure. that to start with. You know, Midland Community Theater has been around since 1946. In fact, 2020 was our 75th anniversary season. And one of the things I like to say is we never intended to celebrate our 75th anniversary by not performing plays, <laughs> but that's exactly what we've been doing. So Midland Community Theater was, of course, founded by Art Cole, who was stationed here at the Midland Airfield. And when the war was over, he was invited to come back and organize. I mean, there there had been amateur theatrical events in Midland prior to 1946, but they, they now came together and were united under the umbrella of Midland Community Theater and, and Art, uh, you know, was our founder. And in fact, some people don't even know that the National, the American Association of Community Theater, the National Award for a Lifetime of Excellence is actually called the Art Cole Lifetime Achievement Award. So uh-huh. nationally, the work that Art Cole did here in Midland, Texas is recognized because of his leadership. But another unique thing, obviously, about Midland Community Theater, having been around for 75 years, is I'm only the third executive director we've ever had. So Art Cole is our founder. Don Bachman was my predecessor and myself, and I've been here now. So how about, uh, tell us about some of the different, uh, I know, obviously, the community theater puts on a lot of really fantastic shows, and there's so much that goes into that. There's so many different departments and areas. I know there's like, you guys have fabulous stage creation, for example. I would have never known that all of those things are built from scratch. (laughs) Yeah, well, we're, we're, we're fortunate, you know, we're big enough. You know, community theater is all about uh, amateur theater, meaning all the people that participate in the theater 
all the actors and all the people who help us build the sets and the costumes and stuff like that are all from this community. And that's, that's where the word community is important in Midland Community Theater. But despite being an amateur theater, that doesn't mean we don't have professional staff. And certainly in addition to myself as the executive director, we're very fortunate that we have professional staff like a set designer and lighting and sound designer who have an, a master of fine arts, an MFA in their field. We have a costume designer who has an MFA in her field. We have a production manager who has over 25 years of experience. So the leaders of the volunteers who are building those sets and building those costumes and hanging those lights and stuff like that. They are professionals, but they are leading, and that's one of the goals and one of our missions is to include the community, include everyone who wants to participate in the production in that. And so certainly if there wasn't a pandemic happening at this time, that would continue to be our goal is to get as many members of the Permian Basin, whether that be Midland, Odessa, or the surrounding communities, involved not only on the stage, acting in our shows, but also in all of those other elements of the theater. Yes, it's pretty amazing. I have done a little bit of volunteering at that stage, and it's just watching it all unfold is, yeah. it's just phenomenal how that all comes together. Yeah, I think I think you've gotten a good backstage view of, of what an audience member doesn't always get to see. You do see the actors on the stage when you sit in the audience, but you don't see all the work that happens backstage. Yes, and it's a lot of work. Just getting to to paint for like an hour, it, <laughs> it makes me realize, boy, I must be getting old or something. I'm going to be sore tomorrow, but it, there's just so much work and effort that goes into every show. Yeah, it's, it, it, is, it is a lot of effort, and it's really strange for us right now to not be exerting that effort. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think we're all in strange times. That's understatement of the of the year for sure. Yep. Yeah. How has COVID-19 affected the theater? So, you know, we 2020 was our 75th anniversary season. We were able to do The Music Man, which was our opening musical, and we were able to close that the first weekend of March. And we had also opened our second production, which was Treasure Island, which was done by our Pickwick players, which is our teenagers. And they uh, actually got to do two weekends of the show before everything shut down on March 16th. So we we essentially got to do one and a half shows in our 2020 season so far. We were uh, we essentially struck the set for Treasure Island that next Monday because we knew that that wasn't going to happen at least in the next two weeks. We were three quarters of the way through rehearsals for To Kill a Mockingbird, and those got put on on hold. And all the remaining productions for this year for 2020 have been put off to future season. We we did in May announce that we were going to try to do four shows for the rest of this year, but they were all going to be small cast shows. In other words, they weren't going to be the shows we originally had planned to do because even like our summer musical Matilda would have required 25, 30 people on the stage. And, and I remember in April back when everything was shut down and I was at the theater one day trying to figure out what to do. And I said, well, let me let me get ready for Christmas Carol. It's, it's not going to be the first time I directed Christmas Carol, but that was going to be our holiday production. And I was working on it and I just realized there are over a hundred people backstage every performance. And I said, there's no way we can do something like this. So we had to look for small cast shows that we could do the rest of this year. So, for example, we did Your Good Man, Charlie Brown, this summer. We're going to do a Reader's Theater production and finish up To Kill a Mockingbird. We're going to do The Wind in the Willows, and we're going to do Tuna Christmas, which are two-person shows. But that being said, our planning of all these shows, that was if the situation allowed it. And, for example, in early July, I decided I wasn't comfortable with the public being in our performance space to see 
you're a good man, Charlie Brown. So what we ended up doing was we ended up getting the rights from the publishers to tape the show, and we made it available to our 2020 members that they could watch it and they could stream it at home. It's not the same. It's not the same as going to the theater and having that live experience, but certainly in a world that we live in today, it was at least something that we could provide them. So even though I say we have plans for shows for the rest of 2020 and we have even planned a 2021 season, I honestly have no idea if we'll do anything. Wow. Well, wow. we kind of, we definitely at centers, we get that. There's some, something so important about that connection. Mm-hmm. It's what we all need. And our therapists have, of course, been doing a lot of teletherapy uh, yeah. for, for some time. So it's been an adjustment for everyone. And, yeah, and, I, and I think people get burned out. You know, when we stream the show, some people said, you know, I'm tired of watching Hulu. I'm tired of watching zooming meetings and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I want to, I want to be somewhere with people live and we're like, so do we, we want you to be in our theater, but we don't want you to be in our theater until the conditions are right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we continue to, to listen to federal city and state, uh, you know, regulations and, and try to work within those guidelines. And hopefully, you know, uh, we're still planning to do to kill a mockingbird in late September, early October. And so I've got at least another month before I need to make any decision on that. And, um, Tim, how those are very difficult decisions to make. We've all had to be in that mm-hmm. position, unfortunately. How has that personally affected your mental health and not only yours, but also your actors and actresses? I, I think the biggest thing is is changing the mindset, you know, changing the the way that you work. You know, I mean, in the, I, I still remember in March and April spending days of creating, okay, here's plan A, here's plan B, here's plan C, and here's plan D. And then when A went out the door, it was like, okay, now plan B moves up and let's create the next plan just in case all these. And after a while, I, I think I was on a, a webinar or something. Uh, it was a Zoom meeting somewhere, and somebody said, I, I'm pretty sure I know what's going to happen tomorrow. And after that, I just have no idea. And I said to myself, I like that attitude. In this pandemic world, I'm going to quit looking too far ahead because there's just no way to have any certainty in that. It doesn't mean that I don't think about it, or but I'm not going to concentrate so much in my mind of trying to say, what is going to happen six weeks from now? What is going to happen six months from now? Because I, I have no control over that anymore. You know what I mean? And that's the type of person I always was. I was always planning, you know, what's happening next week, what's happening next month, what's happening next year at the theater. And I've, I've had to give that up. I've had to change how I think in order to kind of keep my mental health. As yeah. far as our volunteers, I mean, I think they are, are, are desperate to get back together. They are desperate. The true word in our title is community. You know, we create a community. Every show is a family. Every show, you know, spends so much time together working on stuff that they become a little family. And so I think our our volunteers are certainly missing that connection. But on the other hand, they understand why we're not doing it. You know what I mean? So they're they're not confused. You know, it's not... It would be different if, like, the theater had a fire and the theater wasn't doing anything for the next year, but everything else in the world was normal. You know what I mean? Then then it would be localized to the theater. But because it's not localized to one organization, because it's every organization, every aspect, you know what I mean? It. Mm-hmm. I think people more understand it. You know what I mean? It doesn't take the pain away. It doesn't create it doesn't make it any easier, but it right. certainly makes them understand why it's happening. 
Right. Well, there's, there definitely is something to the fact that, um, I don't know if, if anybody really likes that we're all in this together, but it's an experience that everyone can yeah. share on some level. Right. So. No, I think, I think so. Yeah. I think it would be different if it was a, if it was a hurricane that hit whatever, South Carolina, and it only was sure. affecting people in South Carolina. You know what I mean? And they, they all had it, but everybody else in the world was like, well, but we're normal here. You know what I mean? No, it, it's weird everywhere. You know what I mean? And so no one is going to forget 2020. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Nobody's going to be like, what the heck happened in 2020? No one is going to, you know, say that. So mm-hmm. true. Um, so I'm wondering, do you have a connection with different community theaters across the state and country to get, you know, bounce ideas off of or, you know? Yeah. Just- yeah. The, you know, the American Association of Community Theater, AACT, is the national organization that kind of ties us together. And I have to say that as an organization, at times, because they're, you know, we estimate, we don't know every one of them, but we estimate, American Association Community, that there are 7,000 amateur theaters throughout the United States, okay? So in regular times, it's hard to represent all the different types of community theaters. But in this pandemic time, they have really risen to this challenge and that, and have created an amazing number of wonderful webinars and meetings. We've had meetings on all different types of topics that are, are related because you can't, you know, you can't just turn around in Midland and go, what are all the, all the other theaters doing? You know what I mean? That doesn't make sense. Sure. You can talk, you can talk to other nonprofits, of course, you know what I mean? But it is helpful to talk to theaters in other communities and find out what's happening. And they have done such an amazing job of finding ways to keep us connected and to get us information that I really do feel like it's, it's been very helpful to, maybe calm that mental health and say, we're tackling some of the same problems that other people are tackling. This is not unique to us. Yeah, those connections are, are very critical right now, I think. Just yeah. like, like-minded like people get together and come up with uh, share ideas. And that, and they've done, they've done a really good job of that. So that's been, that's been very helpful. Right. And Tim, I like what you said about just kind of taking it day by day and not yeah. looking so much to the future. I would like for Christy to chime in a little bit more on that. Uh, Christy, of course, is the therapist on the show and our mental health expert. Hello, Christy. Hey, Bailey. Um, Can you talk more about that? I think that was a really cool idea that Tim has about just just kind of taking it day by day. Well, well, let me tell you, I've just been kind of lost in listening to Tim talk. I'm (laughs) covering everything. I'm just going to listen because he's he's talked about the importance of community and about, you know, how do you uh, don't project yourself too far in the future. And I'm, I feel like I'm kind of having a little mini therapy session with him. So, um, <laughs> but but to, but definitely to weigh in, I think that's been one of the biggest struggles that um, people have had that we talk to is like you really can't plan for anything. And there are people that are planners. As, as Tim mentioned, some of our jobs require that we know what's going to happen two, four, six, eight, you know, next year, you know, because we have to do all the uh, the pre-planning, the pre-production for Tim and, and yep. all of those things. But I think right now what's good about that is it is making us stop and take stock and be a little more mindful of what's going on and what's, you know, kind of the, the most important thing that you have to attend to and kind of letting the rest of it slide. And I loved it whenever he said, I'm only, I can only kind of know what's going to happen tomorrow and I think if we all look at that and say, I can prepare for tomorrow, I don't know that I can prepare for it even next week. I don't think that's a loss of control. I think that's an acceptance of the situation. 
you know, you know, if I could chime in, people are always asking me, what is the theater going to do? And I said, let me just tell you, I, I can no longer tell you what the theater is going to do. You know what I mean? I can tell you what we're planning and what we're thinking about, but I can no longer answer that question. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because there is no answer to that question. You know what I mean? And I think if you change your mindset for this is what we're going to do, to here's some things we've been thinking about, here's some things mm-hmm. we've been planning, but we're also taking the attitude that we know these things may not happen. It's made it a lot easier when the things don't happen. You know what I mean? You're not so much going, oh, my gosh, I'm so out of control. I've so lost control of what, you know, I was doing. And I always say it's not loss of control. It's flexibility in a situation. And it's making us think on our feet. And I think those are attributes that most people would be glad to say, I mean, to take on instead of saying I have a rigid planned timeline that can just go to heck in a handbasket. And then I don't know what to do. So being flexible. Yeah. In the pivot. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. What it is, we are pivoting. We have to, and and we could have to do it a couple of times a day, you know, in a week. We don't know what, what it looks like, but. But, so yeah, that's great advice. So when we're talking about mental health and the connection to the arts, the mental health, uh, the connection to the arts, uh, arts are so, the arts are so important to us. We're a, we're in society. We always talk about this. We, uh, we're social beings. We love being social. We, our cultural side is very critical to our well-being and our, uh, as a community. And so arts are important. That's part of our, you, we're all part of this big nonprofit family here in the Permian Basin. There's so many nonprofits, but the arts are definitely a, a big component in that. And I know Christy can share some of the, uh, connect, that we have to uh, the arts and how important it is for us to remember that that is uh, critical to our mental health. Well, you know, one of the things I love about the podcast is we always try to bring in the mental health component, and we also try to make sure that that um, what we're presenting does have you know reliable and valid outcomes you know tied to it. So what we know um, that mental health is affected. Um, in a good way by art therapy and music therapy. So there are many of the examples of clinical evidence-based intervention that are utilized in the behavioral health field. Um, art therapists are hard to find, but the, the magic that they can create is uh, pretty impressive. Um, you know, so one of the things that we, the arts also do is, is they encourage creative thinking, which is in, in turn, you know, promotes brain activity. So, you know, whenever you're painting, you, doing ceramics, writing, uh, painting a picture, doodling, all of those things have a therapeutic effect and are often part of the healing process for people in various behavioral treatment centers. Yeah, there's a reason that we like to being creative. Uh, activate certain parts of our brain. So, so that also transcends into our physical health as well. And, and it, it, once again, whenever you are creative in any way, you definitely get a boost of self-esteem and you kind of have a sense of accomplishment. I mean, like I did that. I mean, I've never been, um, I don't sing, but you know, I mean, I've never been an actor, but I'm just thinking when I watch a production, I'm going, every one of those people on stage have just accomplished something that I had never done and they should be like so proud of themselves. Well, and, and and not only the people on stage, but we constantly have people come help build the sets and make the costumes. And they so much enjoy coming to the theater, seeing the show and going, oh, I, there's that costume I sewed. You know what I mean? Oh, there's absolutely. That, 
there's that set piece I painted. You're, you know, right. It's exactly right. That sense of accomplishment. I can yeah, relate I, to that. <laughs> yeah. And I never want to dismiss the behind the scenes because I know where the true work goes or happens. So please. No, no, no. Yeah, and, and, and I wasn't saying you were dismissing it, but I was just yeah. encouraging people. I think sometimes people, when they think of theater, that the only way to get involved in theater is on the stage. Absolutely. And some people say, well, I can't act or I can't sing. Well, there are many other artistic ways that you can get involved in your community theater. Well, I know that um, there's nothing like going to a show and just feeling all of the emotions that Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the coolest things about theater is you can really experience the emotions from that are the actors are just able to portray and convey and what joy. I mean, you leave and you just think, wow, that was just so great. Yeah. And that and that's the thing that's been missing, you know, and that's the thing that that we you know, it took us almost six to eight weeks to to make this pivot. (laughs) I think somebody accurately created that word, said that word pivot earlier. Mm -hmm. But it it took us a while to, to pivot. You know, I mean, in the early days, we were still thinking, oh, this would blow over in two or three weeks. This would blow over in six weeks. You know, everything will be back to normal by May. Everything will be back to normal when the heat comes in the summer. You know what I mean? And we've all eventually learned that that's just not going to happen. So Knowing my little experience with the theater, because my daughter's been in a couple of productions, and one thing that she talks about, and I was actually talking to um, her and one of her friends that she met at the theater, and I think they're super close now, the bonds that are formed with all of the people that are working on those productions, uh, the closeness with the people from the people building the sets to the, pe- to the people that are the staff, to the people that are volunteering, it's just... Um, so special. And I love that these girls always say there's no drama at the theater. <laughs> so it's great. I mean, that these teenage kids can go to a place where it's kind of a judgment free zone. They, they feel so connected to each other. And so the peer support is right. fantastic. It's been a unique time for me as well, because on a personal level, my son is a senior in high school this year. And so we knew how much change there was going to be. You know, there was no prom, uh, there was no prom. You know, there was graduation was, you know, very different than mm-hmm. expectations. In the, and there still remains uncertainty about college this fall. You know what I mean? But, you know, one of the things that was a rock for him was that teenage group, the Pickwick players at Midland Community Theater and and the connections that he's made with the kids, just like you're talking about, you know, the connections that have been made between those teenagers and how they support each other has for him been the rock that's not only gotten him through the last six years, you know, junior high and, and high school, but obviously even through this pandemic. Yeah, And, you know, we always, from a therapeutic standpoint, we're always saying it's so important for kids' development to belong and to find their niche, kind of. And I always bring up the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is the very first one after being safe and having enough food and water and air is that sense of belonging. So if you don't have those things, you really cannot develop in the way that you should be developing. So I, I mean, I love that there's sports, there's music, there's theater, there's whatever it is. Um, we tell parents all the time, help your child find where they fit in. And, and that may mean exposing them to a lot of things at the beginning until they find their thing and find their people. And that gives them the opportunity to feel confident to take 
um, kind of risk, which helps us grow socially and emotionally. And I think the great thing is that these kids can still have the ability to, um, not just the kids, but everybody involved, they can still communicate. I think in a weird way, we talk about how we're all Zoom fatigued. But can you imagine what it would have been like when we were growing up, <laughs> if this were to happen, how isolated we would feel? We didn't have phones. I mean, and I can remember being having a party line with two other families. So, you know, <laughs> you, you were never allowed to be on the phone. And when I was growing up in the country, we had three channels, and our parents decided what we would watch. So, you know, it would the isolation back in, and maybe we wouldn't even have felt it as much because we weren't used to it. I feel like it would have been worse. Yeah, I think it would have been very difficult. So, mm-hmm. how can we, how can the community participate in uh, activities with Midland Community Theater right now, Tim? Well, you know, we uh, you, normally at this time of year would be obviously doing Summer Mummers, which is our annual fundraiser, been around since 1949, and obviously we had to cancel Mummers this year, and that. That was because I don't think anybody wants to sit next to somebody who's throwing popcorn at them and, you know, doing all the things that, you know, people love to do as far as okay. summer mummers. But what they have done is they are doing a telethon and they are doing that on September 12th and it will be on K West. So it'll be on Channel 9 here in the Permian Basin and they are actually creating original material, uh, a melodrama, a special 15 minute melodrama just for that. They're, they're recording some acts. They're going to have some live things happening during that time. And, uh, you know, the number one thing you could do is, is, is make plans to tune into that. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously it's going to be also a telethon to raise money. Summer Mummers is our annual fundraiser and raises almost a third of the money we, we earn in a year. Uh, we, we don't think we're going to make from the telethon what we would normally make from a summer of summer mummers, but certainly, you know, every, every dollar in, in 2020 can, you know, helps and counts. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, that's, that's one way that people can get involved. You know, you asked earlier about volunteers and one of the heartbreaking things for us making our change of the shows that we're doing is that we purposely chose small shows. You know what I mean? Instead of doing Christmas Carol with 60 actors and 20 technicians and all these people backstage, we picked shows with two people that one person backstage, you know, so that's just less people involved. You know what I mean? And so there's going to be less opportunities for people to volunteer at Midland Community Theater in the future because we're going to tend to focus on smaller shows shows where we feel like we could keep people apart, keep people from potentially infecting each other. And that makes it, that makes it really challenging. So, you know, certainly, you know, supporting the arts, you, you, you pointed out how important the arts are in, in Midland and the Permian Basin in general have supported the arts for the past 75 years. And, you know, a really, really bad two or three years could really do some significant damage to the arts in Midland, Texas, and it would take a lot longer than that to rebuild them. So we certainly, you know, Midland Community Theater owns both the Cole Theater on Wadley Avenue and the Yucca Theater in downtown Midland. And those things, you know, the the utility bills still keep coming in and the insurance still needs to get paid on all of those things, even though we're not having our, our audience there. So, you know, supporting the arts, just like supporting all the nonprofits in this community, are still an important part of our future. Yeah, I think at this point we all have to be each other's village. We yeah. all have to be a part of it, uh, really come together as a community and remember that this is a time to take care of uh, our nonprofit organization. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. for sure. 
Yeah, so, I think we even need more support now because a lot of us are having to cancel our, our fundraisers that we rely yeah. on so much. It's Yeah, we really need support from the community now more than ever. Definitely. We had, we've had to cancel our large event. I will say, though, Kim, we are having our, our golf tournament September 15th, so I know you're a golfer, and we're, it's going to be the 2020 Survival Cup. I remember talking to somebody in, in early April, and I said, you know, if if oil was $70 a barrel, we know that the oil community would help nonprofits in Midland. But we know we cannot count on that to happen. They're just trying to survive themselves. So it's, right. not, it's not only the pandemic, but it's also the fact that the oil business is down. And those are both happening at the same time, and that makes it doubly difficult. It's just... It is different here in the Permian Basin than it is. You know, when I talk to my theater friends around, you know, it is different here than it is in other places. Absolutely. That's a conversation we have had many times during this special COVID edition because mm-hmm. we, we do have a unique set of problems here. So, yep. uh, and it's important that we also are respectful to our donors that have helped us throughout the years during their time of difficulty. Yeah, I, re- I remember in the in the April days when everything was shut down, and we would take nightly walks, you know, with the dog, and and just constantly every week seeing more and more houses for sale, and that was just an indication right there of how the community was changing during this pandemic. You know what I mean? And you never knew. You know, was it the pandemic? Was it the oil business? Why was why was this family moving? You know what I mean? So many things to think about. Uh, do you want to give us some of your contact information? Let us know. Sure. Uh, your phone number if yeah. you want to reach out or yeah. website. So the, the, the website is just mct org is actually the Madison County Transit. They got that back <laughs> way back in the early 2000s before I did. The Madison County Transit in <laughs> Madison, Wisconsin. So we had to go with mctmidland.org. So if you, and if, obviously if you just Google Midland Community Theater, you can find our website. We, we try to keep everything updated on our website as well. All of our staff are listed on the website. You can contact any of us via email through that as well. Our box office is open Tuesdays through Fridays from 12 to 5. Even during this pandemic, we've done that. We're actually closed this week, so don't clo- don't call us this week. Most of us are on vacation this week. But uh, Tuesdays through Fridays, our box office is open at the 682 682- 4111 number and you can just stop by Midland Community Theater as well and then obviously myself uh, my my email is very easy it's just tim at mctmidland.org so if you have any comments, questions or want any support just shoot me an email and I'd be happy to, to get back to you and talk to you a little bit more about what's happening you know, at Midland Community Theater Excellent well thank you so much for joining us on this podcast it's been, uh, we've learned so much and well, I hope the community gets a chance to learn as well. I, I appreciate the opportunity and I just want, want to hope that everyone in your all family and everybody who's listening is still safe and, and don't forget to wear a mask. We're, we're certainly following that at the theater. Center Solutions is a production of the Recording Library of West Texas. Post-production work is done by Bailey Hennis. Content is provided by Melanie Size and Christy Edwards. Contact Centers for Children and Families at 432 432- Five seven zero one zero eight four, or the recording library four three two six eight two two seven three one. Email Melanie with questions you want answered on the show at msize at centerstexas.org. That's m s a i z at 
C-E-N-T-E-R-S-T-X dot O-R-G. Both nonprofits are on all social media platforms. See you next time.